The Spanish Announce Table. It's episode 312 of the Spanish Announce Table, and we're here. This is a fun one, Tom. We are going to talk to, we've had a joy uh, of having several guests on the Spanish Announce Table uh, throughout the years, and very often we've had some very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Reoccurring guests, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. These two are near and dear to our hearts because I, if I'm not mistaken, when we first had them on, they were in their first year of pro wrestling or maybe the first two years, if I'm not, I mean, it's been it was near the beginning. Yeah, really, really. So we've seen this kind of journey and what a journey. And of course, as everybody's journey has brought us along, COVID hit. So we've got a whole lot to talk about with long time, long running friends of the show, the Regal Twins, New Japan superstars, right? Uh, Tom, <laughs> Uh, why don't you give them a better billing than I've even given them here? I tell you what, I am not kidding you when I tell you this is the best emerging tag team in pro wrestling. As the independent circuit, uh, this is the best tag team as far as offensive moves, selling, storytelling. You can't spell twin without W-I-N. They got the gimmick. They got everything. And I tell you what, uh, we'll get into all that in just a second. But let's back up. As Tim, you mentioned 2020 has been a crazy year. So, guys, where we're going to start off with you is what's it been like for an independent pro wrestler in 2020? Describe what this crazy journey has been like so far. I'll let, I'll let him start because his, his 2020 was a little bit more hectic than mine, per se. Well, since COVID, at least. Yeah, I mean, it was crazy because, <clears throat> let's see, at the end of 2019 was when we got um, – we had a tryout with New Japan – and then we ended up getting on a couple shows before the new year, which was we wrestled. We wrestled for we wrestled on our first New Japan show December eighth, two thousand nineteen. So a year ago, yesterday, yesterday, or two days ago, yeah. Wow. So, which feels like it feels like five years yeah, ago. Yeah, it feels it's like crazy an eternity back now. But it's yeah. like, but so it it was crazy because two thousand nineteen ended with, with a lot of excitement. Yeah. And then two thousand twenty started. It started cool. It started fine, and then. Obviously, everything happened with the global pandemic, so it kind of threw some stuff off. Um, but yeah, we've been extremely lucky to be able to work for New Japan Strong um, since 2020 happened. So it's been it's been awesome. Um, but yeah, to start 2020 with the, with the uh, with the pandemic happening, we didn't really know what was going to happen. So it was kind of scary. Um, but I feel like everybody was in the same boat as far as like people we knew. So it was one of those things where it was scary, but everybody kind of was going through this new normal together. So um, it was, it just felt like kind of like we just needed to like wait it out and just be patient. Um, that's kind of what we did and it, it's worked out for us. So. So what do you guys do as a tag team? Because I imagine it's different as a singles competitor to kind of stay up on your game. Is this during that time period where you guys just watching tape of, you know, uh, teams that you're influenced by? Or were you guys saying, you know what, we're going to try some conceptual different moves in our head? Like, what do you guys do to stay sharp when you can't get in the ring? Uh, that's a good question. Honestly, just watch, just watch as much wrestling as at least me. Just watch as much wrestling as I can. Even like I, uh, I like bounce back between watching stuff I want to watch for like for my personal self moving forward. Then I, I, I want to like there's sometimes when I just want to watch like stuff that I watched when I was a kid just to watch it and just shut my mind off. So like whether it's between those two, I'm usually just always yeah 
always watching wrestling. Yeah, he's to be honest, he watches a lot more wrestling than I do. So he's always sending me stuff. Like he's always the one that's sending me ideas. We should do this. We should do that. Um, because I go through phases where I get really obsessed with it and I want to watch it all the time. And then I go through other phases where I kind of, especially in 2020 when like no wrestling was happening, it was kind of like, yeah, it was kind of like a sore subject where I was like, I didn't want to watch it because it just kind of brought back, not bad memories, obviously it brought back great memories, but it brought back the feeling of like, man, I don't know if this is ever going to be normal. Yeah. Like it was ever again. Definitely. So, um, definitely. But yeah, to answer your question, um, a lot of it too is just being around each other a lot, you know, uh, in the beginning of 2020, I was, I kind of, I got stuck in England. Um, my fiance's English. So I was over there visiting her and her family and I was only supposed to be there for two weeks. And I got, I was ended up being there for like five months. So it was, yeah, so it was, and that was right when COVID happened and like my flight home got canceled and there was a bunch of unknowns and like, obviously work and everything here stopped and there was no wrestling. So, um, so yeah, I know when I'd be able to get back to England. So I kind of stayed there and, um, hung out there for a little bit. So we weren't, we were away from each other for a long time, but, um, we talk every day. We text every day. We FaceTime every day. We don't live together now. So we do like, we are separate as, as close as we are, are, as far as twins Damn, goes, bro, we you're do. Ruining, he's ruining the gimmick, right? He's just, he's just ruining. <laughs> no, I mean, I feel like it's a good gimmick. Uh, <laughs> A lot yeah, of, we don't a lot, live together. A lot of people <laughs> think that we're like attached to the hip and we're not, which I feel like honestly helps us in the wrestling ring because we, when we are out there, we're like kind of firing all cylinders as far as like we, we know this is what, this is what we are. But at the same time, we can shut it off and be like, we can live our own lives. And it, like wrestling isn't the, the, the thing that's like making us be close. You know what I mean? Right. That. Mm-hmm. You don't have to check with him for what you're going to order at the at McDonald's when you're swinging through. The- yeah, yeah. Like a lot of people ask us, like, "Oh, do you guys like live together? Do you guys do this and do that?" And we we don't. And it's I feel like people kind of think that we are attached to the hip and we're not, which I think, um, like he said, might ruin the gimmick. But I feel like it helps us as far as like getting our mental space yeah, ready. For sure. Just, just make sure they buy a T-shirt before you tell them. Right before you tell them we don't live together, you know, at, when you're giving them the T-shirt and you're taking the money, and then you say thanks. Uh, hey, the England thing. Okay, so you're there for several months. Like, do you have to let somebody know, like England officially? Like, do the cops ever stop you? And you're like, no, look, I'm a pro wrestler, and I was just visiting my fiance. Like, how does that operate? How does that even work? Uh, well, I mean, if you're an American, you can be up. You can you can be like a you can have like a vacation type. Uh, trip up to six okay. months oh, okay so you can be there for up to six months obviously you can't work or do anything like that but uh um yeah so when i'm there i'm just there as like a like a visitor like oh, a uh, okay yeah so when, okay. I, when I when i was there i was i was there completely legally so if i did get stopped i'm just like i'm just here visiting so they yeah so um well, so then i guess okay so to, to covet hits and i mean you guys are in you're independent contractors, right? As as we've kind of discussed this pro wrestling mm-hmm. world, your your job is inherently not socially distanced. Uh, the the people paying your salary, be the the <laughs> fans, are inherently not socially distanced. So I, I'm sure you have to be in moments of just near panic, going, 
what are we going to do? And I mean, yeah. I think you, you've said that, but then, so what do you do? I mean, do you instantly start calling folks like, Hey, are you running shows or what are we going to do? Like, I mean, I, you know I mean? You don't have to tell me how much money you got in the bank. So, but I mean, like, are, is there panic mode setting in ever at some point or? Uh, I don't know how it is for a lot of other guys, but, um, we have, uh, other ways that we make income outside of wrestling. So right. those kind of took a little more focus, but I mean, at the, I mean, because of the global pandemic, those things got, you know, messed yeah. with too. So, oh, sure. Um, but for me, it was just, uh, just working out and just enjoying family and my cats and just kind of just, uh, it was, it was a nice time for me to just bulk up and just try to just put on more muscle. I went and bought like a bench press, and, like a bunch of gym equipment. I put it in my garage because all the gyms closed. So it was pretty much just, yeah, just, sitting at home working out just write it out i do think that a good thing about this whole thing like a positive that i feel like it's given um not only us but a lot of other uh, some of our other friends in the business like time to not only like get in better shape but also like get healthy you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah little tweaks and you know bumps and stuff like that when you're wrestling every weekend you get you know, your knees start hurting your neck, your, you know, your neck, your elbows. So, um, I know for me, it was good to fully recover. Yeah. Fully feel like, Oh, I don't have, you know, this bump here, this ache here. So that was a positive. I will say that being able to like actually feel like you're a hundred percent in the ring again. Yeah. Um, but it was scary. Obviously. Yeah. Like a lot of, a lot of our income does come from wrestling. So when it, that just shut down, it was, it was scary, and it definitely um, yeah. forced us to, to depend on other things. Um, yeah. Try and step our game up with stuff like merch and stuff like that, um, which we need to get better at anyway. But um, it just makes you think about other ways that you can create income for yourself involving wrestling without doing the actual wrestling. So yeah. it's uh, it was a little different, but it's, it, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, we were in a little bit different position as far as, like, we were – we had, you know, ended 2019 on a really good note. So we were kind of like, you know, uh, talking to some people and then, you know, so I couldn't imagine being somebody, you know what I mean? If you're like, you know, truly, you know, only working independence and this stuff hit, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's crushing a lot of folks. Well, yeah. I mean, there's crushing a lot of people that aren't even wrestling that shit. It's just, yeah. I mean, I think about it every day. There's so many good guys. There's so many, unbelievably talented guys that should be on tv making making a lot of money professional wrestling not wrestling yeah. haven't wrestled since you know x, x yeah. no, who, yeah. who knows so it's like it's one of those things where even though would we want a two out 20 to be different yeah i can't i don't want to sit here and sound like um you know boohoo on me because i feel very fortunate to where we're at right now yeah yeah, well, because, I mean, one example that kind of has made the rounds for 2020 as an example of that was Eddie Kingston. Uh, he said before he got his chance at AEW, he was selling his uh, wrestling gear so that he could pay his bills and he was going to transition to something else and got the opportunity. So that's like where we want to trans transition now is you mentioned at the end of 2019, you got New Japan Pro. So for people who may not be too familiar with New Japan uh, as far as their structure, explain to what the, the common uh, wrestling fan is. What is New Japan Pro, and how is that different than the Tokyo Dome of New Japan that you see on Access TV or, you know, you hear about uh, Wrestle Kingdoms and things like that? 
Uh, are you talking about just like New Japan Strong? Or Strong, excuse strong. me, I said Pro. I was, yes, yeah, New, New Japan Strong. Uh, well, so because obviously because of COVID, um, they had to, you know, do something with their TV just based on, I mean, based on because there was no um, wrestling going on, you know, other than, other than WWE and AEW at the time. So um, I think they just wanted to have an American brand running at a time where everybody was going to be watching TV or looking for some products. So uh, um, I think that's kind of how I really don't know, you know, we were just, well, how did the opportunity come to you guys? You mentioned 2019 is when you guys went yeah. to New Japan Strong. How did that happen? So earlier in 2019, we had a tryout at the uh, LA Dojo and uh, did the tryout. Um, it was awesome. There were a lot of awesome dudes there. It was, it was an awesome time. Um, then we're lucky enough to uh, – we got used uh, on the two shows in December, the uh, uh, last year uh, expo shows. What was it? Line break. Uh, lines break, one or lines break, crown. Yeah, no, yeah, something like that. It was like lines break, um, collision, what they called it, and they mm-hmm. uh, they had two shows in in Anaheim that they used us for, and obviously that was before the pandemic. So we kind of got the idea that they were kind of looking to, and, and like he said, I'm I'm not sure about the exact details or, or any of the working behind it, but um, they had they had they wanted to start doing some stuff in America, um, and I think that that that's what kind of led it in the new Japan strong. Um, and that's I think, what led the tryout too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, that even though the pandemic happened, I think that the new Japan strong thing would have happened anyway. Um, but the product that you see now is obviously because of COVID, it has to be, you know, no fans and stuff like that. But yeah, but yeah, I think um, the new Japan strong stuff was going to happen regardless of the pandemic or not. So, yeah, but it was basically just we had the tryout, um, performed well at the tryout, and then had two matches um, against Aaron Solo and Mysterioso and um, Barrett Brown and Mysterioso. And uh, those were fun matches. Um, it was a really cool crowd. It was like at an expo, so it was like a big, big crowd, yeah. uh, big convention center. Um, yeah, and we did those two shows, and uh, – Left it, you know, on a good note, and then um, obviously, you know, kept in contact with with you know them, and then the pandemic rolled around, and we kind of were in the unknown, and then you know got the call for New Japan Strong, so it was just you know straight to getting ready for that and preparing for that, and it's kind of just been ever since then. It's just been you know that's what we've been doing. So one thing that I found interesting is New Japan Strong actually had singles matches for both of you guys. Logan, uh, you started that off. What was it like to wrestle for New Japan uh, as a singles competitor instead of traditionally, you know, you guys have always been a tag team? Yeah. So for, for, for so what was even crazier is that the reason why I was actually uh, wrestling as a singles is because uh, we were supposed to both be there, but he was stuck in uh, the UK because of COVID and wasn't able to travel out of the UK. So um, I was lucky enough to go over there, uh, to go out there to do the New Japan Strong stuff uh, on my own. And, uh, yeah, it was a crazy experience for me just because um, other than, you know, practice matches uh, in front of nobody um, during training or, you know, I had one singles match uh, NWL and then one singles match on the indies. Um 
other than that, I haven't worked any uh, singles matches. So, um, yeah, it was really nerve-wracking. But uh, at the time, you know, it was – this was uh, August. In the summer. August. Yeah. This was in August. So, at the time, I was just, you know, chomping at the bit to wrestle and to perform. So, it was just kind of just, you know, jumping in the deep end. Um, so but it was in those moments when you're – well, in, it was in a match when you're wrestling there, right? You say it's singles match. You haven't wrestled, you know, but three or four, right? Total. Are you ever in that moment? You're like, okay, I got to look for the hot tag, and you're like, shit. <laughs> just, fuck. Like, is there a mo? Or, or like, is it flow? Are you kind of in the zone and you're not thinking about that? Yeah, and I think people don't really realize. I feel like, feel like people don't like. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah, like 98 percent of our matches are always tag matches. So it's just weird being in there singles it's just always weird it's just like yeah, yeah. and I'm, I'm sure when people are in tag matches or whatever they're probably like this is weird for me too but like it's like it's like it's just for people like us where it's like literally we're been a tag team this whole like it's just like i mean yeah since the beginning it's like you guys are twins you guys are a tag team and there are weird occasions like i think we wrestled each other one time in the indies where yeah. single matches against each other um and then obviously in nwl when he was hurt i got to do a lot of single stuff but, yeah, like, besides that, when we're both active, it's, like, 100% always we're – like, there's literally a 100% chance that it's going to be a tag match, no matter – unless mm-hmm. some weird freak thing happens, it's always going to be a tag match when we're on the show. So, but, yeah, it is weird being in there and not being under tag rules when you're so used to it. It's it's conditioning. There's a lot – yeah, lot more. It's, people don't understand that, like, when you're in a tag match, it's kind of like everything's split in half. So, you don't have that time to rest in the apron. So, it's, it's a different ball game for sure. So then let's talk about then you guys finally do reunite, right? Sterling, you get out of the UK, you come to America, then you guys go out. And and correct me if I'm wrong, you guys do these matches in California, is that correct? So when you guys are flying out to, to California to, to do the you know New Japan match, are you guys like, finally, like, this is what we've been waiting for. This is the opportunity to like, get exposure because, you know, uh, one of the coolest things that I saw for you guys is you guys after uh, a win or even after some of your matches, you guys get to do that backstage promo. That's so synonymous with new Japan. Like what was that like? What was wrestling together in new Japan? Talk to us about that experience. Well, it was, it was kind of crazy because I actually, the first time I got to um, do the new Japan stuff, I flew directly from uh, England to California. So I really had time to, so that was the first time you guys saw each other since? Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. So it was straight to like straight to business. And uh, so it was really cool, obviously. So like we hadn't seen each other in a long time. So it was cool. To, it was really good to see him. And then on top of that, we were like wrestling for New Japan. So that was also really exciting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it's just been really fun. And like you said, just like the, the promo at the end of the, after the match, like that's so synonymous with New Japan, like stuff like that. It's just, it's just awesome. And when you're in the moment, um, you're not really thinking about that. You're just thinking about, you know, doing your best. But um, it's definitely been one of those things where I've tried to enjoy the moment more. Um, just, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older or, or what, but I just, or maybe because of the pandemic and you, you kind of can think about things more. But like during this whole thing, I've kind of tried to slow down and like really enjoy and really soak everything up. And um, it's something that I didn't really do at the beginning of my career. And now I'm trying to do that more. So it's like, um, it's just really cool and just exciting. Yeah. It was cool seeing him. Yeah. Just, you know, flying into California and then, you know, meeting up with him and just getting going just straight into just working for new Japan. It's pretty, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty wild. 
but yeah, back to the uh, back to the interview, the interview settings after you come back uh, after your match. That's something that you said is like, uh, you know, New Japan's. That's one of their their things. But that's something that you don't really see uh, American style do. You know, American right. TV like that. Uh, New Japan is more is kind of they gear it to be kind of more like a sport. So uh, uh, the fans kind of view it that way too. So it's. Uh, for us, you know, it's I, I I love it and and it was yeah. It's, it feels more like a post post game interview. Yeah, I think it suits think us. It suits awesome. us. It suits us better. It's more of our style, more of our yeah. speed. We yes, yeah. it's, it's people ask like, why are you so out of breath? I'm like, because we literally just got out of the ring. Yeah. Oh, so is <laughs> that how it works? Like, is, is it literally like you know one two three whatever, and then you're just walking into this area? Yeah. It's, yes. Wow, it's, that's cool. Just sweat. Just Cameras all. Home. Yeah, so, so it's, you don't have any time to think about anything. You're just you're just post match. So you get yeah, it's it's. That's fun. Uh, I enjoy. It. I like it. I think it 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 portrays. It puts off a very cool um, kind of image to the crowd that like you know like a lot of the time we're beat up, we're sweaty, we're we're out of breath, and it's like I think that's really cool, and it makes it really it shows like the sport aspect to to what we're doing. Yeah, which which we love. Realism. Yeah. yeah. Tim, did you have anything? Well, I I just – this is so fun. Like, we're we're seven years deep. You guys have come all the way, you know, from, you know, wrestling shows around, you know, the local area to now here we're talking about your, you know, jet setting from England to California, right? Your your limousine riding, jet flying, all that. Uh, What – do you guys – are you making moves? Are you looking forward to to anything next? Or or, or are you guys just like, hey – this is COVID. Let's just do our best here. Like, what's what's on the plan for the Regal Twins? I will, I will tell a cool story. So, on my flight from England, California, obviously it's an international flight, so the plane's huge, and there was probably all the global pandemics going on. So, there's not many Americans flying back from England to uh, California, and uh, so I was like one of five people on the huge. Wow. Uh-huh. Nice. I felt like I had like private plane, so I did feel like like right. Ric Flair. Kind like you're Ric so, Flair, yeah. Yeah, I was like, this is this this must be what Flair felt like. But no, <laughs> we I think we have a lot to look forward to, you know. Yeah, I think for us it's just more, uh, just you know, more stuff with New Japan. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, I think yeah. uh, with the global pandemic and seeing how everything is, I think our next goal is just to get over to Japan. Um, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, um, but it's New Japan over there. What what teams are you looking forward to working with? Oh man, so many. I mean, at this point, it's hard to even think about because of the pandemic. You right. Know? Yeah. True. But so uh, so when that first let's that's first like your first match back, right? Like it, COVID's hit, everybody's scared. Pandemic, people are barely doing shows. It's your first time back in the ring. Are are you like? Are you doing your pre-match ritual? Are you bathing in, in hand sanitizer? Are you like what's? Are are you taking any extra precaution? Like how does that work? Like were you super scared or anything like that? No, uh, well, luckily New Japan's super super professional, so we're all you know tested, and bubbled up before we yeah. even get everything's in. protocol to the T, and everything's super safe. So, right, all, all those thoughts are out the. By the time we actually get to wrestle, all those thoughts about you know that kind of stuff's out the window, which is great. Yeah, so they're okay. they're totally it's totally all it's all good there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was nerve wracking as far as I haven't, I haven't wrestled for six months, five months and getting right back in the ring in the, in a new Japan mm-hmm. and ring. That was, that was, um, it was just one of those moments where you have to kind of sit there and be like, this is, this is, 
it's, you know, time to put up or shut up. And, you know, right. this, this is what you want to do. And if you want to swim with the sharks and you got to swim with the sharks. So it's just kind of like, you don't really have brother. <laughs> yeah. You don't really have, you yeah. don't really have time to, to, to be scared. You just kind of have to go. And, um, I feel like me and Logan have always been two type of guys that we, when the lights are on work, we'll always be ready. And no matter what, no matter if we're, you know, have been wrestling full time for X amount of days, or if we haven't wrestled for six months, like we're always going to do our best and we're always going to be, we're always going to be gamers. So. Well, we obviously want to be respectful, respectful of your time. So we won't uh, take up too much of it, but let's get some plugs in. When's the next time we can see you guys in action? Uh, do you guys have anything upcoming that we, we should be looking out for? Uh, give us the whole uh, merch. Yeah. You know, what's the merchandise looking like? Give us the whole rundown. So we did, we got a bunch of, we, we got some new chiefs, uh, inspo shirts, um, Kansas city boys. Chiefs, yeah. Um, Hey, they won but, the Super Bowl. You guys remember that? Yeah. You remember that? I, I, oh. I feel like 10 years ago, but we they did win the Super Bowl. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, that happened. Yeah. That feels like so long ago. But we got, yeah, we got some, some cool, some cool Regal Twins slash Chief shirts uh, that we got dropped. So, if you want one of those, let us know. Hit us up on our social Hit medias. Hit us up on Instagram. Um, we'll ship them anywhere in the world, Twitter, wide. Uh, but as far as our matches. What is that? What is that? Uh, what's the uh, handles for that? The Instagram, Twitter, and all that? Uh, Twitter is just the Regal Twins. Regal mm-hmm. spelled R I E G E L. Twin Twin spelled T W I N. Folks are gonna have to rewind the podcast. You know, some of the listeners. You know, some listeners are quick. Some yeah, some are quick, but we love them all. Yeah. No, people just love to spell our names wrong. That's that's all right. it is. Yes. Right. But yeah, as far as matches go, um, New Japan Strong every single Friday. Uh, we got a tag match coming out on Friday. DKC, Clark Connors. This will be the third tag match in a series of matches we've had with them. So we've been feuding with them pretty well. Um, but yeah, moving forward, it's just going to be all uh, New Japan Strong. So catches on New Japan Strong, yeah. Every Friday New night. J- New Japan World. New Japan World. Yep, every Friday night. Get that subscription. It's, uh, Love it. Yeah, great show. And it's, it's um, I think, and I'm not, I don't think I'm being biased, but I think right now in wrestling, it's one of the coolest things going. So um, definitely. You're not wrong. Yeah, you ain't lying. If you if you like wrestling, if you like good wrestling, it's definitely it's definitely a cool product to check out. And you can go back and watch all the old episodes, so they're all on demand. So um, if you've missed it or what or whatever you want to do, you can start from the beginning and watch. And so it's cool. It's very very cool. New Japan World's awesome. Um, I definitely recommend everybody everybody get get on New Japan World. Yeah, absolutely. And you have no excuse. You can go back and watch every single thing, like you said, so you can see every match they've done. And then you'll know that you have to buy a shirt because you're going to support these fellas, right? They're and out here entertaining you. All the, and they have all the New Japan events on New Japan World. Yeah. So, like, World Tag League. and um, They have our matches from our the, – they have our first ever yeah. matches. Yeah, the number the, matches. Yeah, yeah. So, it's oh, awesome. Nice. awesome. If you're a wrestling fan, it's, it's, it's like a must. It's a must-have. It's so cool. Yeah. yeah. Look at that. Right. And they're getting the plugs in. They're professionals. I like it. Tom. Look at these professionals. professionals. Look at these guys. Yeah. It's easy guys. to – a lot of people, I think a lot of people are afraid of it just because it's New Japan, you know, uh, it's Japanese, but it's really easy to navigate. Um, yeah, you can click over. It's all like you yeah. can click over to English and it's English. English and Japanese yeah, commentary. So everything's yeah, in English, Japanese commentary. So it's super, super cool. It's super, super cool. All right. Well, like I said, we don't want to take up too much of your time. We know you're jet flying when the whole thing. So we'll let you get back to it. 
Uh, and yeah, uh, we'll look for you guys on Friday night on New Japan Strong. And uh, thanks for the time, guys. Thanks, fellas. Fans and House Table, best wrestling podcast in yep. the world. Yep. And honestly, congrats to you guys, too. I mean, how many episodes? 300. This is 312, yeah. 312. That's an accomplishment. And uh, you guys should be proud of that. Because, for real. Because to stay with something that long, it's, it's cool to see. And you guys are both great guys. And you guys, you know. Especially nowadays. Nice. Stuff. Yeah, especially nowadays. Like, there's, I feel like there's so many podcast type stuff that come and go and it's like oh they did one episode here one episode there you guys have been consistent you guys have been awesome you guys have been on your stuff constantly so congrats to you guys and yeah you guys deserve a pat on the back appreciate it hey and by the way happy uh belated birthday we know Thanks. it was a birthday not too long ago so yeah happy birthday to you guys getting old getting up there and <laughs> yeah, maybe i'll send you like a k-state shirt for your birthday then you can, uh, get, you can change that right. it is a pandemic so we might be running over here soon so right <laughs> <laughs> right, there you go. I think K-State made the Final Four this year, didn't they? Mm, yeah. Is there even going to be one of those this year? KU beat them in the Elite Eight, I think, yeah. that year. 88, mm-hmm. Kemper Arena. Yeah. I think yeah. K-State. Yeah. How'd that All football right. game so, go this year? Okay, right, easy. Yeah. Let's take it easy, guys. Take it easy. <laughs> hey, the Chiefs. Hey, hey guys, remember the Chiefs? Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, Chiefs. Right, Chiefs we can bond on. Chiefs we can bond on. <laughs> guys, we appreciate your time a lot. I mean, you guys are the best. Uh, I can't encourage uh, enough folks to go check you out. Um, and your twins, right? I mean, you're twice as nice. How, how can it be any better, right? Twin life. Gotta love it. Can't spell twin without W-I-N. The Spanish announce table. Tom, the Regal twins are the coolest. They're so nice. I mean, they had compliments to say, which we love, you know, of course. about us, of course. But before that, they were the coolest then, too. And one thing that's really awesome, and maybe we can do this uh, once we have some extra time on our hands, but the journey that they have taken from wrestling school to wrestling uh, the you know first couple matches in their career to now New Japan Pro Wrestling, New Japan Strong, that's pretty incredible. So maybe we can do some type of montage or something here in the in the near future for for chronicling their progress and development in pro wrestling. But great guys, awesome to talk to. Uh, obviously, twenty twenty has been different for them. Uh, I've you know they they don't live together anymore, and now for a short period of time or for a short period of time, they weren't even in the same country. So I can only imagine what the stress was like even. that. Yeah. Uh, but then just that, that was one of the biggest uh, standout points to me was their first match together was Sterling legitimately just off the plane. And obviously Logan going out to California as well, but both of them just off the plane. Hey, how are you? Well, I'm doing good. Hey, let's go wrestle. Like there was just yeah. that. Hey, let's go be a tag team. Yeah. Let's jump in the deep end and fly by the seat of our pants. That's, that's commendable. I think. Uh, so credit to them. And again, as they mentioned, check them out. Friday nights, New Japan Strong, not New Japan Pro, as I said, because I am a doofus. Uh, but another show I like that's not called New Japan Strong, it's called AEW Dynamite. And we talk about it as we are a Wednesday-centric show. AEW uh, is the hottest thing going, I think. Dynamite uh, is killing it each and every week. We're coming off of uh, Winter is Coming. Now we have the first episode post-Sting debut, post-Kenny Omega as heavyweight champion. And Tim, I'm going to let you lead off the recap. But before we do, what's your general thoughts of the episode? Did you like it? Did you hate it? Was it mundane? What would you think? 
I did like it. I liked uh, a couple segments are coming to mind right now that I don't want to call out because we'll discuss it as we go along. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I, as I think back now that you asked this direct question, nothing sticks out as like, you know what, I didn't like that. Uh, and a lot of things did that. I, so I'm going to give this an A for a show that we'll probably ask that question as well at the end. But uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, and I'll roll through it here. I got this uh, pulled up right here uh, on the inner tubes. Uh, speaking of the inner tubes, we, uh, we've got this hot, fresh new thing uh, that uh, all the kids like to call a website. Yeah, mm-hmm. you ever heard of one of these, Tom? Mm-hmm. A website? Yes, I Go have. to SpanishAnnounceTable.net, and you'll find all the stuff you need to find from us. It's great. Website. Who knew? 2020. All right, the show opened, Tom. We had uh, Nick and Matt Jackson, your favorite tag team, coming to the ring, uh, the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the young forty year old bucks coming to them. I don't know how old they are. Uh, come for a match with TH two, the hybrid two. Um, and you know this didn't. You know what? We had some early shenanigans, right? And and a little brawl going on. And you know, bucks win, right? I mean, what do you yeah, I, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. I, I will say, and we've talked, we've touched on this before uh, in the past. Is you know, if you're the champions, you shouldn't struggle, in my opinion. Not every match needs to be the like a five-star classic. Not, not to say that champions should just squash all competitors, unless it calls for it with the character. But what I'm getting at is I felt like the match was a touch too long because you had the champions, the recognized uh, best tag team in the world, versus TH2, who's a very good tag team in their own right, but if we're, again, in kayfabe world, they're not the number one contenders. They're not even, I believe, in the top five. So it shouldn't have been such a struggle, in my opinion, with kickouts and things of that nature uh, for this to be kind of the first time they met. It should have been more dominant, in my opinion, for the uh, and And there's a little bit too flips and kick out at twos and independent pro wrestling, per se, uh in this opening bout but it was fine it was good i liked it well and i like that they're still involving the uh i keep forgetting their name every time i claim i know the acclaimed right yeah um i like that they're involving them again too right because that's again it it helps build them in something that like we know they're not going to take down the young bucks and win the title but because of that they can get close and make mm-hmm. this team look really good via the Young Bucks. And if the Young Bucks are going to do that and help build teams, I mean, that's a positive thing that I think we can enjoy about the Young Bucks as well. So I like the storyline telling that they're doing in that regard, right? The, the kind of long-term, mm-hmm. here's another team mix. Because it's true, the champs would have more than just one, you know what I mean? Like one team being like, hey, we're your problem right now. It would be a return. Here's some jagoffs mm-hmm. trying to get one up on you. So I like it. And I also like the inclusion in this feud or storyline that we're going into that SCU is there as well, because one thing that does get a little bit aggravating as pro wrestling uh, logic goes is, well, I have a feud with this team. And so I automatically get a match. And what I like about this is next week, we're going to get the acclaim versus SCU. And I'm assuming here, uh, that the acclaim is going to get the victory so that then you can establish a little bit more of this team is a real threat to the Young Bucks, right? If they beat the first ever tag team champs, SCU. Well, yeah. Now, I believe it's Christopher Daniels, not Scorpio Sky. But still, if the sure. acclaim can beat SCU, right, if, if the acclaim can beat them, then in two weeks or next pay-per-view or whatever it is, then I can buy into, okay, they might have the Young Bucks 
uh, number or they might get a close near fall. It's even simple as that. It's like they beat they beat clean SCU for some reason, and you see the Young Bucks backstage doing one of their weird making fun of WWE watching the TV sideways, and they're kind of like, oh, shit. Even yeah, pretty that good. Is helping that that puts them over sometimes just as much as you know what I mean, like giving them a victory sometimes, like just giving that little legit like oh snap okay, Meh. right. And right. what I like about that, yeah, and what I like about that is, you know, with this match it was TH two versus Young Bucks, I believe for the maybe first or second time in the promotion, and yeah, it was just too many kick out at twos for the champs and non number one contenders. So if the acclaim can beat SCU and then if the acclaim, hell, if they turn on TH two and beat them, you know, and get some victories. Now we don't just jump into a match with young bucks, which has been WWE's kind of mode of, Hey, we looked at each other backstage. Now it's a championship match. Like, no, we got to build this team. And like, to your point, if the young bucks do the like side look and maybe look at each other and like, maybe, we're in over our head yeah. that again allows a little bit more intrigue yeah, to a like title a match a couple extra bench presses tonight more super kicks yeah 10 more super kicks tonight before we go to bed more you know, super kick like... practice yeah 10 more rounds of the super kick practice okay too sweet bro all right um all right so the next segment was one of the biggest segments of the night it's thing right so we got cody rhodes coming out uh cody rhodes comes out Sting comes out. Tony Schiavone. This segment was amazing. I I don't think there was a flaw in it. Uh, let's kick off. What'd you think? Sting's turning heel. Sting's turning heel, isn't he? Oh, you think Sting's turning heel? Oh my God! That's I think an interesting is... aspect. That's an well, interesting aspect. Think of think I about think he... Cody Rhodes is. Now, yes, that could easily happen as well. I'm not saying that that's out of the realm of possibility. But what I kept thinking the entire time is, man, Sting is a little bit too friendly out here tonight. Cocky and cocky. Yeah. He's not normally cocky. It felt a lot like, obviously, Jericho didn't use promos. But remember when Jericho reemerged from uh, a long yeah, layoff and he was just like, smile. hey. Yeah, yeah, and he would do like real things, right? And then just leave. It felt a little bit like that. Where Sting is, it feels great to be here. Hey, look at Darby Allen. That feels familiar. Tony Schiavone, give me a hug. Hey, kid, Cody, you're my pal. To all just be like, and guess what, motherfuckers? I'm still Sting. Now, I'm not saying he's gonna go full heel where it's like NWO and he's gonna like do the red face paint or even Joker Sting where he does some weird shit. I think it's gonna be Sting where it's, hey guys, you know who the fuck I am. I'm Sting. I like that. Yeah. So he comes in the ring and he's instantly like already like hyper focused on this asshole up in the fucking rafters, right? He's like just looking at him and he's like fucking pointing. And then he like, Wasting no time in finding a way to address him in his promo, right? And he's like, no, nah, he's like, I'm not here for you, right? Like, you, right? And then he calls him kid. Uh, all of that was great. Uh, Sting, yeah, I'm going to give Sting props on that. Well done. Great promo. Great little subtleties like we've highlighted in AEW very well. I even like Cody Rhodes being like, this motherfucker. Right, yeah. This, he's called, he knows how to fucking run this shit. Like, yeah, I'm the fucking man here, okay? Uh, this is my WCW. You're coming to my fucking promotion. Yeah. Tension was hot. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It, th- yeah, there was a lot. Again, one of the best attributes to early AEW storytelling is subtlety. We got this in Kenny Omega 
Hangman Adam Page, and we're getting it early on with Sting and Cody. So I definitely am a big fan of how they're telling right. the story. And Tony Schiavone. All right, if Tony Schiavone – okay, so we called uh, prior to this in Spanish Announce Table episodes past, we called Arn Anderson pro wrestling's dad, right? Like, mm-hmm. right? You're like, if, if you're late, Arn Anderson's going to be mad. He's going to be making you do squat thrusts, right? Um, what is Tony Schiavone? Is, Everyone's like, favorite like, uncle everyone's favorite uncle but not but the like, creepy one molester one like he's the, yeah he's just so no, he, awesome. he's the nerdy he's your nerdy uncle that everyone likes so there is that badass uncle right the one that comes in in the harley or that comes in you know smoking cigarettes has a new girlfriend for this holiday that kind of stuff there's always that uncle right but then there's the other uncle who you're not necessarily like going to tell other friends about but he's, he's not the cool guy in the room Right, but he's the youth pastor, or he's the uh, insurance so salesman. Two of my uncles. I'm not sure. <laughs> right? yeah, exactly, <laughs> and he's that guy where you're like, "Oh, Tony, solid Uncle dude, Tony. got yeah. his life in order. Oh, love House, him to death. Wife, kids, yeah. dogs, bills are paid. Stand up guy, right? stand up guy. Everything yeah. about him is All, awesome. Always encouraging you." wants to know like remembers things about you like checking in on you like hey yeah. how's the basketball going you're like yeah, I gotta fucking know how to play basketball you know what i mean like look at this guy <laughs> he is that uncle where he's just so wholesome and you just like your your heart warms because you're like ah it's gonna be some dorky conversation but i'm gonna love it let's talk about right. game of thrones or whatever the fuck you want to talk about uncle tony you know like yeah. perfect guy yeah he's your uncle he's your favorite uncle that you don't necessarily tell all your friends about yeah, and I even like Arn Innocent's thing where he was just like, he's kind of like his thing. He's like, look, all right, whatever. You look like you're here for a reason. Yeah, you, I'm you know, paraphrasing. Like, all right, so I'm out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a, but I even like it was like, for now, I'm out. Like he's kind of like he's still kind of like I got my fucking eye on you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I liked all that. All of this segment was great. This was an A plus segment. And I also liked uh, Darby Allen had his own. I don't know if they're interviews or vignettes or whatever, but it was a uh, psychiatry uh, yeah. psychiatrist segment, and they were doing this is the, the best uh, thing he's done. Yeah, and they were doing the uh, what do you see kind of things or yeah. what's your opinion, and they mm-hmm. showed Sting, and he just giggles. I like yeah. that. Pretty yeah. good. But this was the best. Like this was the best Darby. Like you said, we've normally just seen him like throwing his body around and doing random stuff, which I guess I. On us older folks, we've seen Jackass, so you fail, right? If that's what your mm-hmm. goal is, right? Like, you're, we've been there, done that. So we weren't buying into that. But this, if he's kind of nuts, then show me that. Like, don't just show me he's, uh, you know what I mean? Like, he's the Jackass guy just trying to fucking do a cool wheelie into a mm-hmm. kickflip. Like, mm-hmm. that's not cool. But if you're nuts, if you're crazy, uh, and I'm seeing the psychiatrist tell you that, I'm seeing your boss at work having struggles with you. You know what I mean? I'm seeing you lose relationships. Way better story. Yeah. I like, again, subtlety. And that was what this segment was. And, again, Darby Allen's uh, vignette as well. So uh, very, very high on uh, all the things going ahead with Sting, Cody, Darby, and also yeah. Team Taz. Remember, post-promo, yeah. Team Taz got in there and were like, hey, you fucking assholes. Don't forget about us. We'll still kick your ass. Hook was there. Ricky Starks got some uh, promo time. And Taz just seemed Dude. like a disgruntled, just almost, yes. you know what it felt like is it still felt like he had 
those insecurities of WCW's up here and we're ECW. You know, the, yeah. the, we're the tough assholes that can kick your ass, but we're not the, you know, marquee name. And I like that. That's a good story to get behind. This does, this does feel like it's legit. Like Taz is a guy from Brooklyn or wherever, you know what I mean? That's got mm -hmm. his brother and his cousin and his neighbor and his son with him, right? And they're disgruntled, they're angry, and they're at the point they're like, you know what, you're not going to give it to us. We're going to take it. And we're going to take it by kicking in your window. And we're going to tie you up if necessary. We're going to take your keys, and we're going to take that Porsche, and we're going to go fucking sell it. Uh, you know what I mean? They look like this. It, uh, what? Hook? Mm -hmm. Looked like that. It looked like if we if I was standing there right now, that's the guy I'd be worried about. That like at any moment, this guy's gonna come lunge at my throat with a knife, right? Yeah, because like he has to prove to his dad. He has to prove to his dad that he's tough. You know. Yeah. Uh, I liked this. Uh, I liked this segment a lot. Team Taz, we've enjoyed, and but this one was really good for that reason, right? Again, they. It just felt like the unity behind it all, like there's a unified message now behind this Team mm -hmm. Taz. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what had been a little bit missing for me, right? Like a purpose. And this feels mm -hmm. more that, like, because you guys aren't fucking listening, right? Like, I, we're kicking in the door. That's what's happening. And I feel like, again, they can tap into that. You always thought you're better than me, didn't you? Because I was from ECW and you were from Ted Turner's WCW. You were on this channel 20 years ago. You know how long yeah. I had to fight you know to get here? your dad used to say about us, right? Even if yeah. that's not true. all right? that stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the Sting and Taz dynamic. Oh, yeah. The, you were already here. Well, now it's my time. So get out of the way, old timer. Me and my killers are going to take over. Yeah. So there's some yeah, there's You some say you weren't good then. He, oh, Taz could say what I was saying. He was like, you weren't good then. Just like you're not good now. All you did was paint your face and hide up in the rafters like that other dork is doing. You know what I mean? Like, you can just call yeah. it out, man. Just do yeah. it. Yes. Like All right. So, we'll move on. We got the FTR versus the Varsity Blondes, which is Brian Pillman Jr. and the Scriff Garrison. Great, right? Neither of those two guys were going to do anything on a singles run. We do have a bloated tag team division, but I feel like Varsity Blondes goes better and will get them better notice than just Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. So, um, FTR, eh. Yeah, that's how I feel about them in general. And it's kind of how I felt about the whole setup of all of this, I guess. So, well, you I like, I, so this was more my speed. This is the dominant tag team beats up the new tag team or the lesser ranked tag team. Mm -hmm. Not to say that only heels can do this. Cause again, I think baby face should, baby faces should have more of these type matches, but it was FTR is going to beat the shit out of Brian Pillman jr. They're going to hit their finisher. They're going to, get the victory and their crusade to get their titles is still on and they're going to let you know about it. One thing I liked about FTR from this week's episode, they did a backstage promo and one of them, the, the, the one with hair, I can't remember their names. We don't fact check here. Uh, he, he said, Hey, we lost because I tried to beat the young bucks at their own game. That was my fault. I take, uh, I take the fall for this for this loss and us losing the titles. And then Tully Blanchard says, no, 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 no. I wasn't ringside. That means we were not whole. When we're whole, no one can beat us. No one can beat us. Yeah. And that's again another unified message of, oh no, no, no. The reason you beat you beat us is because we didn't have our manager guiding us. I wouldn't have made the top rope uh, mistake if Tully yells in my ear, keep it mat based, you know, and and that might make 
sense, right? Like a coach would definitely help you. Well, he in also a unified his team. He, he like, he's like, Hey, don't take the blame. Nobody's going right. to point the finger. Nobody's going to think, right. Like, and, and got him on the same page. Yeah. That was a great, that was well done promo. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, so it showed that they're still a top contender by taking out varsity, uh, varsity blues or what, what were they called? Varsity blondes. Varsity varsity blondes. Blues. Yeah. Varsity blondes, varsity blues. Ah, who cares? Um, and they took them out with ease and that's what they should have done. And then again, they had their message of when we're whole, we're the best team in this world. So I like that. Except, you know, varsity blondes fits Griff Garrison really well. Brian Pillman jr. I'm, I, he looks so much like he should be showing up in a 83 Camaro T tops, you know, with like cigarettes, uh, you know what I mean? Like a cigarette behind his ear. And he looks like Jamie dice. Noble's best friend. Remember yeah, Jamie Noble? Like, Yes, yeah, so like a gimmick like that for Brian Pillman, I feel like is just is just begging to be had. He looks like that. It looks like he should be at any county fair that you go to. Yeah, right? he should be walking out with a corn dog every single time. Any yes, <laughs> he should have a big stuffed bear. <laughs> <laughs> every time he comes out, it's a different Some kind of carnival. Shit. Carnival thing. That's what he, if you go to any county fair, you're going to see that guy. I'm oh not, this is not hyperbole and a, and a sarcasm joke. Go to any county fair in the United States of America. Go to it, and you will see a guy that looks eerily similar oh. to Brian Pillman Jr. Oh, Tim, I have five years of footage of me and my friend going to Santa Caligon of just recording guys with mullets. <laughs> That's yeah. what we did for fun. Yeah, I have uh, plenty of footage to back that claim up. So varsity blondes may not take over the wrestling world, but hey, you know. Again, they're better They're better together than they are separate for right now. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Rhodes taking on 10 of the Dark Order. Now, the Dark Order earlier, interesting little thing, right? Uh, Adam uh, Page needs a, a partner. Dark Order's like, hey, hey, eh, 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 nice guy, eh, eh, eh. And he's like, yeah, I don't like that he was so quick to do it, right? Uh, I don't like this. I don't like the Dark Order being the Dark Order, but being comical like this right they're, they should never the dark order should never be like like what we're saying here is is they're like adam page you need a partner it's us he's finally like all right whatever and they're like yeah like the dark order wouldn't be fucking super happy they would just be like you know what i mean like it, the dark order is supposed to be dark mysterious slow if if you will right so none of it fits um so where where they then go is they try to do this with dustin rhodes and that's a better fit that's where you go. You know what I mean? Like this whole Adam page thing should never have happened. And if you're going after somebody, you go after a guy like this, Dustin Rhodes who's doing nothing else and could actually, he's a guy that should be leading a dark order. If you ask me, you know what I mean? Like, eh, I don't know. Yes. It would miss on the, on the Adam page, uh, dark order thing. I, I don't, I don't like that. If the dark order is going to become a comedy group, then let's be that. But so, yeah. So here's my thoughts. Uh, I wasn't a fan of Hangman uh, still trying to get recruited by the Dark Order. Not because I don't think that that's an interesting story. It's yeah. because we just saw this two months ago with Colt Cabana. And side note, Colt Cabana, fucking pick something, pal. You can't always be dumbfounded when the Dark Order for the last nine weeks does the dastardly thing. And you go like, what are we doing? What, Since like, COVID began. Yeah, like you're either a fucking idiot or you're in on it and just be in on it, right? The only thing that I like 
potentially about this storyline is while the Dark Order does all of this stuff, the comedy things, uh, you know, the flexing, the uh, hang man, you look great here, look at us in our cowboy hats and all that stuff, is it could be one of those things where it's like, um, you know, when dad's away, we play, but then when Brody Lee comes back, all you motherfuckers have hell to pay because this isn't the dark order that I wanted to happen. This is not my vision. That's what I'm hoping for is that the dark order gets so offshoot with their comedy stuff. And then because we haven't seen him, Brody Lee has been MIA. When Brody Lee comes in, it is we're fucking taking over. And then you do see that dark cloud, the dark order come back. That's my hope. Um, I don't mind what I liked about the goes away. They pull well, the WWE thing and just never mention it again. Yeah, we could definitely do that as well. The one Easter egg that I did like, and it's been mentioned many a times on uh, social media, is they asked Dustin Rhodes to be seven in the Dark Order, which if you go back after he left WWE or WWF as Goldust, he was yeah. in WCW as seven for about a cup of coffee because that never took off. And then they just went to Dustin Rhodes. But I like the Easter egg of what was seven. He in TNA? Black Rain? Yeah, Black Rain. And then uh, was it Redlick? It was like murder or something backwards. It wasn't Red Rum, but it was like killer backwards. It was, that was his like protege. Relic. Relic, yeah. Remember Relic? Yeah, Relic and Black Rain. Yeah, those were weirdos. Uh, anyhow, I like the Easter egg with seven. That's a fun callback, and that's a good um, – that's a good uh, uh, kudos to a, a wrestling fan who's in the know. But, yeah, I either want Dark Order to go away or I want Brody Lee to come back and say, this shit is fucking stupid. We're going to – do a reset and i'm gonna take over one of the two but what they're doing now is just i'm not into it yeah yeah did we get the uh backstage interview here or was this the ultimatum we're rolling into the i'm, I'm forgetting on the timeline here so I'm yeah so we'll just jump into the to the backstage so Shaq was on aw dynamite with a sit-down interview with tony shivani everyone's favorite uncle and the chief brand officer uh, i believe chief brand officer is her title Brandy Rhodes, uh, this was okay. Uh, Shaq, you know, his energy level is always going to be at a neutral. He's not going to excite yeah, too many Shaq's people. With, here all yeah. The time, you know? yeah, he's not going to excite yeah. too many people with his promo skills. Uh, but he did look comfortable. I will give him that. He seemed comfortable in his skin. He didn't seem like he was reciting lines. I like the little jabs. I like the, hey, but guys, I was, I'm just messing around online. I love Cody. I love... Dustin, I love their dad, you know, all that. But then the Jade Cardgill line with the, oh, I'll watch that. And then I think she'll beat your ass. Again, I'm paraphrasing here. And Brandy, I don't know. How, how did you feel about Brandy? She was good, but I don't know where this character is going. Yes. Brandy is believable enough, but like, I don't think it was believable that like she was so insulted by his walk away comment that she's going to splash water in his face. That's usually reserved for like, you know what I mean? Curse really sexual comments yeah. and you know what I mean? Innuendos or like challenging somebody's, you know, fucking motherhood or, you know what I mean? Like it, it's usually absurd things. And what he said wasn't necessarily absurd. It was a dick thing to say. Cause he was just like, 
hey, I see your arms broken. You should check out Jade, you know what I mean, fitness videos or something like that. And she's like, what the fuck, for real? You know, which is fine. That's like a fuck you, man. Like, but to splash him and slap him, like, you went over the top. You know, now I'm kind of like, yeah, man, shit. You're just talking a little shit. You need yeah. to fucking ruin his clothes and slap him, <laughs> right? So I, I worry they went a little too far too quick, right? That's That was my concern as well, because I don't want her to become the stereotype angry black lady. You know, she did awesome right. with the promo on Jade when Jade did the whole insulting Cody. Hey, cool, bye, all of that. That was spot on, 100% right behind it, because that's what the, the moment called for. Like you said, this felt like, did you have to take it that far? I don't know if I would have taken it that far. It could have been like, hey, uh, tell me how my ass tastes. Remember when... Shaq did the song about Kobe. She could have referenced something like that or that. That would have been sexual. But you know what I'm saying? She could have said, uh, how many rings does Kobe have? How many rings do you have? And then just walk away. Something like that. You know, that would have been called for something uh, in, in that realm. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I fear that Let's we're getting too much. Pizza, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, by the way, we have Pizza Hut waiting for you in your hotel room. You know, something like that. Um, I just, I just fear that we're going to get an angry black lady from Brandy Rhodes. And that, I don't know, is called for in 2021. Well, yeah, because if she's going to force it, like, again, that moment felt real because, like, the moment was not necessarily like, hey, let's go be an angry black lady. It was, go be pissed off that this lady's talking shit about your husband. Mm -hmm. And she just fucking went off. Like, if it starts becoming, like you said, this, like, let's make her angry about something every time, it's going to be Jerry Springer. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But right, I'm so. excited for Shaq. I am excited for Shaq. That's great. Another uh, thing that was mentioned on the show uh, coming up at the new year, uh, Snoop Dogg is going to be appearing on AEW yeah. Dynamite. And if you guys watched the boxing match between Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson, Snoop Dogg on commentary is a sight and something to behold. So hopefully he does that for Dynamite because I would love that. That would be amazing. Snoop Dogg talking in any setting can be – it is the true – you never know what you're going to get. Yeah, because you can get a stinker, but you can also get like you did with the, the boxing match a couple of weeks ago. So we'll see. But, yeah, Shaq in, in AEW, I'm excited for as well. So I mean, all right, so who's he? Is he going to wrestle Cody? I mean, like. No, I, I honestly think, I honestly think he's just going to be the shit stirrer between Jade Cargill and Brandy Rhodes, where it's he just makes little comments online that hopefully so goes be, viral. Their big event, he'll be in her corner. They'll do all yeah. the media. Right. Yeah, that all that sense. stuff. And then after that, we saw uh, Nyla Rose uh, attack Red Velvet, and then that brought out Big Swole uh, and uh, Serena Deeb, which then brought out the, the women's tag team that won the tournament a couple of weeks ago or a few months ago now. Uh, so that was good to see more women involved. I like that. That was kudos yeah, to them the again. Roster. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. The inner circles put up or shut up time. Chris Jericho calls them all out and says, hey, we're either disbanding or we're all on the same page. For whatever reason, Santana's not there. You know what I mean? He, he plays it off by saying he's just so angry he didn't show up to work. I don't know what the real reason was. Um, we don't. That couldn't check. be it. I like Maybe it. No, that that's a good it. reason. Yeah, yeah I like a great it. Reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and I like this segment. I think it went off great. I, I loved all of it. I like the whole. Like, I like it. At first, they're like, "All right, cool, everything done, saying," and then, and then Hager's like, "Nah, I. Why is this guy fucking staring at me?" <laughs> right? And then he's like, "What?" Yeah, it was, that was so great. 
And then they stop that. And then just like MJF takes back over and he's like, hey, 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 Max, you're ruining it. <laughs> like, just like I, I, how Jericho kind of had control of everything. And then they all, you know what I mean? Just, I, I loved all of this segment. Ortiz calling out uh, Sammy yes. saying, hey, you're better than him and you know it, which is the oh, MJF tagline. And, and MJF just popped, like. And that popped the folks though. That popped everybody there. Like, I don't know if they had half real crowd or if it was just wrestlers, you know, but like um got that because that was slick that was a nice put down like shake his hand you're better than him and you know it <laughs> It was like ooh. and i love him just like oh okay all right well fine whatever right like <laughs> right. Yeah, let's fucking do this yeah, right. he, yeah. He, he just had to eat it he's like fine fine you yeah, want that one-liner okay. yep. you get it you get it uh and then the and then the handshake between sammy and mjf and sammy says i will quit this group if one so more thing happens, happens. And then the he says it to MJF, as you expect, right? I will quit if anything happens. Mm -hmm. But then he gets right in the face of Jericho and says, I will quit if anything happens. Maybe we get the baby face run from Sammy. Evolution yeah, style. MJF seemed kind of pleased, right? When he said that, he was like, yeah, yeah. I think MJF's going to make something happen, you know? We'll see what happens, but it, it was a good, it was a good segment, not overdone, not overproduced, uh, but it tied up some loose ends that we don't have to do anymore, like Hager and Wardlow staring each other down. Uh, so I thought it was a really well done segment. All right. So then we had the Lucha Bros and Lance Archer versus Eddie Kingston, the Butcher and the Blade. So here we go again, Lance Archer on the face side. Mm -hmm. um, man, what'd you think of this? I mean, this is a lot of, this is a lot of, aggressive talent in the ring yeah it was this was uh this was ugly in the best possible hard hitting, way hard yeah. hitting folks and pentagon gets taken out early goes through a table so that gives a disadvantage number uh that makes why lance archer and ray phoenix lose makes sense uh, i like that butcher and the blade and eddie gets the win um i hope in the future like i like where we're going with lance archer because i think where we can go with Lance is we build him as this unstoppable unhinged baby face. And he then is the one to maybe take out Kenny Omega, right? It gives Kenny Omega a badass baby face to go up against the showing up in helicopters heel, you know, uh, in somewhat of the same vein as John Moxley, but maybe a little bit more unhinged, more Jake Roberts has to hold this motherfucker back kind of style. Uh, and I like that. That's, I like where we're potentially going, but in the, in the here and now, Eddie Kingston still gets some more credibility. He, he was losing it there for a second because, you know, he got choked out by John Moxley. Then he loses and has to say, I quit to John Moxley. Then he gets his friends uh, upset with him and they leave him for Pac. So, you know, he had to build back up the, I'm fucking Eddie Kingston, the mad King, got to be a king of something and to win so i like that eddie and them have some momentum behind them as well yeah 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 definitely all right then we got abaddon versus tesha price this was the coolest this was my favorite segment of the night this was your favorite segment of the night this is my favorite segment of the night abaddon is fucking creepy and i kind of want to be your friend <laughs> i kind of like her all right i like it I like her. Dude, the, the crawling and, and the blood that just 
spews from her mouth. Her face looks like a fucking car wreck and I like it. I just want to take a picture of it. And then her fucking moveset is kind of weird. Uh, and then, and then she beats up the girl after she, she wins. Uh, Sheeta comes out and good God, did you see that kendo stick hit? Whop right on the fucking noggin. Just doop. And then she does the Undertaker sit up. Huh? How cool is that? We got a fucking, we finally have an extraterrestrial weirdo in the women's division. It's not just, I'm pretty. I was picked on. It's a, it's a spirit kind of thing. And again, I'm not huge into that, but that women have never had that character on TV. I think this is huge. She's the ring. I like her. She's awesome. I'm not into that stuff either, but The Undertaker, Mankind, Paul Bear, Kane, they told some of the best pro wrestling stories in history. So if Abaddon can start telling some great stories, then I'm here for it. Let's do it. And, and again, it's it's, we've seen there's some brutality involved. So. Right. And it's variety. It's not just, I'm pretty. Well, I think you think I'm not pretty. So I don't like it. You know, it's, it's more than that surface, tired women's storyline that we've gotten for 30 years or whatever. So I'm a huge fan of Abaddon early on. This is great. Uh, it gives Sheeta some, some baby face cred too, right? She goes out there, whops her on the head. She's still scared, but she's still going to fight this chick. I like it. Abaddon, big, big fan of the night. That, she was my uh, star performer for Dynamite. Well, then what did you think about the Kenny Omega, Don Callis, so it was great, except for it happened on impact. Yeah. So let's talk about I mean, that real quick. Yes. I mean, these guys are good, right? We've talked about this. Don Callis is good. Yeah. Don Callis is better than impact wrestling. Um, well, Kenny so Omega is great, but yes. yeah. So let's talk about this. So on impact wrestling, they go on the Lex express bus. Kenny Omega continues to reference John Moxley as Ambrose, right? Yeah. Uh, he says that whole thing. But this promo on Dynamite was almost verbatim of the Impact promo, except for. But you promised on Impact a major announcement, and the only major announcement I got is he said the bang line. You know, I bid you adieu, bang. Yeah, there was no announcement. It was just there was like, nothing. We had, this and we had this planned. Well, you, of course, you, I, I understood that you didn't think of it in the fucking moment. Right. So I was a little underwhelmed. And then here, let's talk about this real quick. Cause Tim, I want, I want your feedback on this. I don't get it. Can we talk about that? I'm, I'm positive and patient. I'm positive and patient, but week one, I don't fucking get what Don Callis's whole objective was. Cause he keeps on being like the visible invisible hand that did all of this. Right. I put together Jericho and Omega at new Japan so that Tony Khan would create AEW. And then I, what? I'm still confused. Your, your plan was that someone else would create a company and then you would just take their title. That's a kind of low bar goal. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Like what's yeah. the goal? And you didn't even take the title. Like the guy still works for, yeah, yeah, he's still there. Yeah, I don't. So I don't know I'm what they're going to be on your show every week. Like you're just a one-off. Yeah, I don't. I don't get it. Um, I don't get their objective. If they're John Callis is better than Impact Wrestling, but right now he has the Impact Wrestling stink on him every time I see him. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I'm like Don Callis would be great somewhere else, but this shit is bad. <laughs> Well, and so here's the other thing that I've seen floated around about what the Kenny Omega character is going to be as far as 
the cleaner, right, in AEW, is a belt collector. So he's going to – he has the AEW championship. Then he's going to get the, you know, Impact championship. He already has, I think, the AAA championship. Uh, you know, so he's going to go collect belts. But in my mind, you did this ass backwards. The, the, the title at the top of the hill should be the AEW championship. It shouldn't be the first fucking, you know, infinity ring or whatever it's called, infinity diamond. It should be the last one that then unlocks all the fucking power, you know? So by proxy of what you're going to do in the future, you've told me that the AEW championship isn't necessarily the ultimate goal. And if that's not the ultimate goal, well, then get the fuck out of AEW. Yeah, it all feels weird. I... I... It's already squarely in the miss category for me with a with an idea that like y- they could pull it out if they do something cool, but it doesn't. They're not giving me any indication that they're gonna do something cool with it. They're, I feel like this is a lame attempt at cross promo, you know, cross promo. Yeah, and I will say uh, on Impact, one of my favorite highlights uh, from this whole crossover was the Tony Khan paid advertisement that him and Tony Schiavone did, where he's like, you know, they have good tag team wrestling here rumor is i might even buy this company and tony shivani was like oh that'd be cool and then tony khan was like you worked here once he's like yeah for one night and then i quit the business for 18 years <laughs> so it was just, that was that was better for me than the kenny omega don Callis segment but again going back to dynamite it was the same segment so i was a little underwhelmed from what they did yeah uh as you called it tom mjf two-time diamond stud beating orange cassidy for the diamond dynamite double delicious delectable whatever they call it ring mm-hmm. um whatever that thing nailed is. it nailed it uh, miro got involved gave him the old bradshaw clothesline right so uh yeah again i this kind of felt filler but it, it helps continue the storyline of Miro and Orange Cassidy and gave us a reason for a match, you know? Well, I liked it because it showed how strong their roster was, is that you can close an AEW Dynamite with another talent. So the previous week was Kenny Omega, John Moxley. The week before that was Eddie Kingston. Now this week, we've got Miro. So, I mean, those are some big names that we're talking about here. And it doesn't always have to be, for example, and not necessarily to no, shit on him, but Omega. Well, yeah, in WWE, it's always Drew McIntyre or Roman Reigns. It's not always one guy. Mm-hmm. It shows how strong it is while still saying, here's our top stars. I didn't leave Dynamite saying, well, Miro's a top guy. But I did leave Dynamite saying, wow, Miro's a player. Like, he's involved in right. some of the ruckus here and it makes that I sense. like to watch. That storyline we have a cliffhanger in right what's orange cassidy gonna do so that one should end the show where we want a cliffhanger right yeah like the the inner circle is in a cliffhanger they said all right we're in right like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff right um the the cody road sting thing isn't necessarily a cliffhanger as much as it is like a all right to be a tease yeah right it's a tease. yeah it's a tease right so i i yes the way they structure their shows in the men's storylines, uh, it flows well, right? Always, always kind of, I like where they place the pieces for the most part. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I like, I, I like their main event pieces to clarify. I like what they're doing with the main event segments is that it's a rotation of very strong top to mid tier talent. One thing that I will say though is 
surprise me a little bit. I'm not saying I need to like to be catered to, but I know every week it's going to start off with some fast pace tag team or singles action of flips and shits. Like, and I know that I'm always going to get the women's match right before the main event. So I'm just saying like, start it off a little, structure it somewhat a little different. Uh, it's become an, a tad formulaic, but it's still my favorite show in all of television. Love it. Uh, and this week well, was, that was it. One. And that was it. So, um, Unless you've got any parting words for AEW Dynamite, we also had. Well, I do. So let's talk yeah. about it. We did a okay. poll on at Table Show, the Spanish Announce Table Twitter handle. Uh, I asked, how would you grade tonight's AEW Dynamite? And with 60% of the vote went A, 30% of the vote went B, 10% of the vote went C, and 0% of the vote went to D. So Obviously a very strong showing. If I made you grade that episode, Tim, where would you land on the grading scale? I gave it an A. I mean, I'm not giving it like an A plus, but I thought it was an A show for sure. Uh, I liked, again, multiple segments where I thought that was really good. Nothing stuck out as super bad. I liked it. Yeah, I think I would give it a B. And that's only grading it against its high bar of excellence. I've always been entertained by AEW Dynamite and AEW's pay-per-views. So I'm somewhat of a tough grader and I'm a curmudgeon. Uh, it wasn't the stadium stampede. That to me is an A type of performance, you know, or when Sammy gets hit by the, the, the uh, golf cart with Matt Hardy and Kenny Omega the first time. Those are A shows, you know, Cody Rhodes and the inner circle, brawling out into the crowd those are a moments this everything was very solid everything was awesome and amazing solid b for me okay good stuff well then let's get into another big time show we had war games was this war games war games war games war games um i don't think anything storyline crazy happened right no no, uh, uh, if you, uh, if you, the listener or viewer in this case, uh, watched uh, my instant reaction, I felt like it was a very good show, uh, as I mentioned in that video. Um, I think the lasting memory of that show is going to be Io Shirai putting herself in a trash can and then jumping off the cage. That was pretty cool. I think Pat McAfee showed again, hey, let's give him all the money in the world just so he can be a full-time pro wrestler. He won't, but... He was awesome, uh, but it was a good, it was a good filler pay-per-view. I think, you know, the teams helped us get to the next point because Finn was out, Karrion Cross was out. Uh, there was other, you know, top talent that's still kind of establishing themselves again. Uh, so this was good filler for that, um, but I, I thought it was a good show. I enjoyed it. The women's war games match is one of the highlights for me of the night. Um, their entrances were all really done well. Uh, the match was very vicious and brutal. They went so hard mm-hmm. in that big spot, like you said. Um, that was done really well. Um, the men's main event match was good. Again, I mean, you know, it was it was a quickly thrown together storyline built upon a prior one. Mm-hmm. So the the buy in of like, oh my god, I really want to see undisputed air win was never there. Um, so I, I don't I don't know that I was ever going to buy into this match as much, right? Um, but like you said, the performances of it were just, uh, the, uh, God, Kyle O'Reilly starting off that match and just, I mean, 
they they have been highlighting him a lot lately. I wonder where they're going to go. This Undisputed Era thing's got to end soon, right? Who knows? Maybe they never do. Maybe they're the new New Day where they just stay together uh, for infinity for, you know, as long as they're on the roster together. Uh, I actually left thinking the match of the night and something I want to see more of, and we got to see a little bit more of the progression of the storyline, at least it seemed to me, was Tommaso Ciampa and Timothy Thatcher. That was an old school, Matt-based, I'm going to fucking punch you in the face. Try to punch me in the face because it's not going to hurt as much as me punching you back in the face. Just a knockdown, drag-out fight. I was a huge fan. That was my match of the night. I liked the women's match. It was very good. But for a one-on-one contest of just two guys that just don't like each other kind of thing, a plus. It was great. Well, yeah, and the stare down at the end where Thatcher's like, oh, you man. And Chump even knowing, like, well, this clearly is not over. <laughs> we're going to do this. Again. Yeah, exactly. Like, staring at him like, all right, well, I got this one. So, yeah. uh, um, Gargano, three-time North American champion. So, here's a question I have for you. Uh, from my instant reaction, I said uh, it was a down for me, not for the outcome. I like that. Uh, Johnny Gargano got the the championship again. It reestablishes him as that mid to top tier talent. But Austin Theory, and maybe it's because I have a little bit of a soft spot because I did get to meet him when I was on my bachelor party in Evolve. He was a very nice guy. I liked him in Evolve. I miss Evolve. I wish it would come back. It obviously won't. But I had high hopes for for Austin Theory. He even gets put into the WrestleMania uh, show. Uh, in a tag match, not as a singles competitor, but he's with Zelina Vega. And I just, so, you know, he, he goes to NXT, then he gets put to Raw with Zelina Vega, then he becomes a disciple of Seth Rollins, then he goes back to NXT, and he's just kind of himself, and now he's with Johnny Gargano. Those are five things in less than a year. It's like, you can only tell me so many restarts with a character until I just go, well, he's a loser. Like, he'll just be something he'll be titus o'neill you know soon enough yeah because i'm gonna be honest i was underwhelmed yeah well well, and it's just another follower he's just another follower gimmick he did that with zelina he did that with seth and now he's doing it with johnny yeah we know where this goes like johnny gargano is gonna be great in that role right Mm -hmm. uh being passively aggressively abusive to a a protege he's gonna be amazing but I feel like he's going to be so amazing that like I already know and that there's no story you're going to tell me, right? Like he's almost going to be too good for it. And Austin Theory's not going to be better for it. Like we're not going to get this big payoff, right? Like if I had to guess. So I'm a little worried, but we'll see. Johnny yeah, Gargano I, rarely does something that doesn't pay off well. That's true. And I did like the tongue-in-cheek line from Austin Theory when he revealed himself that he said, it was, it's me, Austin. Austin. It was me. Yeah. Austin. Yeah. I like that. That was good. Kudos to that line. That was, that was cute. I don't think yeah. he came up with it. I think somebody no. told him to hit it, but he, you know, he hit it. Well, triple H told him to say that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but again, I, I'm a little worried because I have high hopes for Austin theory. He was one of my favorite independent wrestlers when he was in evolve as the champion. Um, and it just feels like too many restarts and then I'm going to check out and we're at five. And it just so. doesn't make sense. It's like, okay. Like it's like, I I'm sure that if I went back and watched the evolved catalog, that these guys have some sort of, you know what I mean? Connection or history. Maybe not though, because Gargano has been out of evolve for a while. Well, so. they would come back and do their little one-offs. Yeah. Austin theory. If you're going to 
looking down the evolve uh, rabbit hole, he does have history with the undisputed era. Him and uh, the the man that uh, Charisma forgot. Um, what's his name? Uh, Strong. Yeah, Roderick Strong. Roderick. They have yeah, they have some really good matches, um, and they have some history. So maybe we go down that train here in a few months or so. But for right now, meh. yeah. All right, so War Games, anything else to wrap up before we get into uh, We've got a few Tweet the Tables to talk about. Well, I was going to say, War Games, we came out of that going into NXT, and that's when, again, we got back to those single stars. So we saw Finn Balor come out and say, enough of these team sports, it's time to go after the championship. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Kyle O'Reilly comes out. Um, Pete Dunn, your guy Pete Dunn comes out. fucking Dunn. Damian Priest comes out. And so they're, you know, vying for the title, saying that they deserve the chance. And then Finn Balor just leaves. Scarlet comes out. Oh shit. Now we have Karrion Cross back in our uh storytelling. And then the you know, night ends with yeah. uh Karrion Cross beating up Damian Priest, getting in the car, speeding off. Where do we go here from here? Well, if you'll remember Karrion Cross. They had him strapped like he was, mm-hmm. and then he got injured in that match. So much that like they had Keith Lee do the double title thing just to immediately, immediately job it to to Karrion Cross. Mm-hmm. So big things are going to come for him quickly, quickly. Um, I mean that's all I can think. I, I don't know exactly what story they're going to tell, but it, it'll be short order before he's vying, if not winning, the title. I'm interested. Even though Finn Balor says he doesn't like to use the demon as a crutch, but if Karrion Cross and Scarlet get under his skin enough and down the road, you know, fingers crossed that a vaccine can get us all back into stadium seats or you know live attendance, the Finn Balor as the demon versus Karrion Cross as the fucking devil, which that's what he is, that is something I'm excited for. Well, yeah, and in NXT, they're going to be quicker to pull that trigger. Triple H is going to be quicker to pull that trigger, right? And they'll mm-hmm. know how to they'll know how to package it, shoot it, market it better. Done better in NXT than the main roster for sure. Oh yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Okay, NXT War Games. Hey, look, the uh, everything else in the wrestling world. Eh, I don't know. I didn't it happened. Keep up with it as much. You know, it happened. There were some things, but uh, nothing really stuck out to me. Uh, let's just get to what the fans think, right? We have asked, uh, and, and we're going to ask again, use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. When you're watching wrestling, when you're thinking about wrestling, you got a funny thing uh, to say about wrestling, whatever. Use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. We're going to read some of them right here on the show right now. Like we're going to do it right goddamn now. And you can join in on the conversation with the Table Nation and, and be famous. Table Nation, you. baby. You'll be famous. All people that watch or listen to the show are going to know your name. And we love you for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, At Katie First Lady. Katie First Lady. Are the ghost faces the new doinks? Hashtag tweet the table. Mm. Sure felt that way. You know? Maybe he should still use something. Even though he's got Austin. They should both use him. Well, that was the thing also that I asked on our uh, live tweet of NXT War Games is, does Johnny Gargano have a fucking army? Because it wasn't just Austin Theory that right. helped him in this match. It was like 12 other fucking people. So who are they? 
Why didn't they all reveal themselves as someone? That's what they should have done. At the ultimate one, this is, man, Dakota Kai is getting brutalized in this match. Hashtag tweet the table. One thing we didn't touch on, uh, Raquel Gonzalez with the pin in the win. Yeah. And, man, did she just take all of uh, what's-her-ass's momentum and just take it for herself? Uh, who's the – Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley, yeah. It just feels like Rhea Ripley was that one that was going to go to the moon. Charlotte Flair said, hey, stay fucking back down there. She's trying to reestablish herself. And then Raquel Gonzalez goes, guess what, bitch? I'm that chick now. And she seems like the one. I'm she the has the look. Day. Yeah. She has the look. She has the sh- the strength. She has the move set. She pinned Io Shirai to get mean. the victory. Yeah, she looks mean. Uh, yeah, Raquel Gonzalez. Both I like War her. Games matches. They went with an unexpected person with the pin. Bobby Fish got the pin. Yeah, uh, in the match. I like it. Good. He needs Interesting. it. Interesting. No, it's cool, and it's a good match where you can do that too, right? Because everybody's just beat the fuck out of, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like Bobby Fish pinned the world champ. You know, what I mean, like nobody's, you know. But yeah, Raquel Gonzalez in that. But yeah, Dakota Kai. Oh, she could take a beating. Yeah, well, they all did. But yeah, she was the first one to start that uh, taking the ass whoopings. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, at Katie First Lady against this great back and forth in the strap match. I like that this has become Loomis's match. Hashtag tweet the table. I like that too. I think the Loomis character is very handicapped with the not saying anything really. You know what I mean? Like he says a few things, but like. Um, I, the drawing aspect is a good thing, right? The you know more creepy interviews, but it a, a type of match will help, right? Him being a weird strap guy could only help, I guess. Uh, you know, I did like the move that he used where he took uh, Cameron Grimes' uh, legs and he essentially wrapped them together, and then he pulled out from underneath to where then his head hit the chair. That was a cool spot. I did like that. Uh, I agree with you though. Something we need something with this guy. He's good. I like him. I get it. He's Dexter from Dexter, but something, something needs to happen. Yeah. It's just too, it's too much. One I'm note. Not, I'm not emotionally. I don't, I'm not necessarily too concerned about somebody beating him up. If he's just staring into the distance and creeping them out. I'm like, okay, I get the guy's creeping you out, but I don't want you to beat his ass. And the flip side is reversed. It's like, you just stop staring at that guy. Right? Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want you to go fight him, but like, stop staring at him. You're being mm-hmm. weird. Right. Um, so, yeah, they've got to come up with something a little different. There's a tweak there, but I feel like Dexter, this guy, right, the Sam Shaw, whatever, he's been honing this for a while and it's gone through some evolution. So maybe we'll get there. Right? Maybe. We'll maybe. see. But I'm positive and patient. That's what I'll say. About yeah, him. for sure. Yeah. The mustache is a nice touch. It's creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At B double D four says, this is the final one we got here. Tom, that I'm going to read here says we got a whole bunch of them, but for time's sake, we had a big interview at B double D four says, while COVID has negatively affected a lot of things, I think it's actually helped Roman. The lack of excess crowd noise allows him to speak in a whisper tone, which helps his overall aura hashtag tweet the table. And that's a good point. Well, even during match, right? He does that mm-hmm. shit talking that we can hear, when he's telling uh, Jey Uso, like, why don't yeah, you stay down? Yeah, he would have down? to yell it. He yeah, would he would yell have it to... in a match. Yeah. And that would that would not same way. Um, yeah, Roman Roman is killing it the second half of the year uh, with the subtleties. Again, subtleties is the theme. It seems like for this uh, week's episode, but those subtleties of just 
being an asshole. Although, uh, to end SmackDown, he beats the shit out of Kevin Owens, and then I guess just because Jay didn't do it good enough, beats the shit out of him, too. Thought that was weird, but I like that. We'll see where that goes on uh, tomorrow night's episode. But, yeah, Roman Reigns whispering. That has definitely helped because with the crowd, like you said, he would have to scream it, and that would come off as too, you know, psychotic than uh, measured and uh, um, villainous. Pretty sure I'm naming this episode "Subtleties of Being an Asshole." And, I like it. Yeah, you know, I think that's where we leave it, right? We had a great interview with the Regal Twins, some of the most solid dudes we've met uh, in this pro wrestling industry. You knew them, I think, before even. I, yeah, I've known them for about uh, ten years now solid dudes um follow them check out their stuff watch new japan strong buy Friday some merch. Nights. buy some of our merch while you're at it spanishannouncetable.net all the links are available up there subscribe to the youtube subscribe to the podcast um follow us on the twitter the tiktoks we've been doing some fun tiktoks lately uh, just you know give us money and do stuff for us right like please have fun and interact with us. That's what we want to say. Yes. Have fun and interact yes. with us. Yes. Have fun, interact with us. And if you got some money. <laughs> the Spanish announce table.